It is a Wednesday. We can do this a hump day at Studio Kitchen Colorado. The sun's out. Snow's melting. It's a beautiful day in the Mile High City. And why not? Can brewers cook? <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about with our friends here. <laughs> Ryan Evans from Brews Beers. Dave Olson. Good to see you guys. Cheers, How you doing, sir. How are you cheers, doing? Cheers, okay, cheers. It, it's not a bad day when you have food and beer. Yes. I'm just going to start it's a right great there. Day. Every day. Should I mean, be that's that every way. day, really. Yeah. <laughs> that's my the world we live in. My favorite brewery right here. Not in Denver, not in Colorado. The world. Nice. Brews beers. We'll take it. And you know why? I mean, great quality beer ingredients, but uh, people with passion. That's what I love is to talk to people with passion. Yeah, yeah. We're passionate about Belgians. That's all we do Belgian style beers. And speaking of that, you want a beer? Yes, you can't start cooking unless you have a beer, and it's let's, Wednesday too, right? I mean, you had a good beer here. They call it Hump Day for a reason. So, thank you guys for tuning in on this Wednesday. What can we expect? What are we going to go over? We're going to go over a lot of stuff, but collaborations are big, and I know we do a lot of local collaborations, but um, worldwide collaborations. That's kind of cool. Yeah, we we, we just did a collaboration. We're going to be talking just about here soon. Uh, that we went and partnered with a brewery in Belgium and created a real special beer we'll be tasting here later in the show. So we're pretty excited about that, talk about that, and uh, share a little bit from the uh, motherland of beer, Belgium. What did we pour here? This is Gnome Boy, Belgian specialty ale. Uh, one, of, one of our favorites, got some good spice to it, light in color, strong in alcohol, and that's kind of the way we like them at, at Bruce. <laughs> Where do you come up with the names? You know, we sit around <laughs> and talk about it. And I mean, come on, gnome, gnome boy, <laughs> you were a couple beers in. Do you drink the beer first? We drink it and usually kind of decide, hey, this is definitely, uh, you know, we got Hellraiser. Obviously, that one does, does something to you. <laughs> mm. Everybody has to drink at the same always, time. Always, always drink so at the same Smell though. the drink. Otherwise, okay, we're also going to cook today. Now, do you have a passion for cooking, guys? Yeah, I think we both we, do quite a bit of cooking. Dave does a lot more baking than I do, yeah. that's for sure. But food is, I think, important to both of us. Totally. Yeah, it's, 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 it's newer for me. I do a lot more now than I used to. Um, but baker, brewer, those two kind of go hand in hand. And so yeah. uh, picking up baking was very easy for me as a brewer. So I mean, amen, because listen, recipes, right? Yeah. Developing recipes, tastes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, fermentation, put, fermentation. I love know. it. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, what'd you guys dream up for today? Oh, you know, a classic Belgian meal. When you go over there and travel with us, which you all need to do soon anyway. We, We're going to we go talk about that year. as well. So uh, you'll see this meal all across Belgium. It's it's mussels and frites with an Andalou sauce. So uh, just classic Belgian mussel recipe that we'll be using our own beer with, uh, followed by fries, frites as they're called over there, and a special sauce that the Belgians like to dip them in. Uh, and then, of course, Dave made some unbelievable sourdough bread for this as well. You made that bread? I made that bread. Oh, my God. That looks fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. That looks so, so good. I I'm a sucker for sourdough. As uh, am I. We're going to cook up some stuff for you. Mussels. So where do, they, where do the Belgians get their mussels from? You know, they're, they're prevalent over there. So they're, they're, you know, between the mussels and then they say the, the, the country's uh, bird is frites. <laughs> so between those two, you'll find them anywhere and everywhere uh, from, from stands and, and little shops along the, the walkways to fine restaurants. You'll find this meal in everything in between. So it's, it's kind of a fun meal. You can get fancy 
and, and go to a white tablecloth dinner and get this meal, or you can just eat it on the go on the sidewalk, which is the way I usually do it. So mussels, uh, is there something with beer and mussels? It, what do I need to know about that? It oh. just balances the meal real well, you know? The, the, the pHs work well with the beer and the acids, and, and then you get, you get into the mussels, and then what we add with some, some butter and, and some uh, mustard. Mustard is very popular over there, um, and it just all starts to lend towards a great meal, but you got to have it with the bread, right? You dip the bread into the sauce, and, uh, and then it always comes with fries. So like the, this whole combo, you just kind of are mixing and matching oh. the whole time. It's good. Yes. <laughs> so I think, I think the goal here was the collab beer that we we're, we're going to talk about later okay. is an acidic beer. It's a sour beer, or it's a blend of a, a Petite Saison, which is a beer that we made, and a uh, Flanders Red Ale from Omer Vandegenst. Your what hurts? <laughs> Omer Vandegenst. It's a the, person, right? It's a person, and it's also a brewery. Yeah. And, and so, so we blended their Flanders Red Ale, uh, Cuvée de Jacobines, okay. and this is the Prestige, which is one of their um, elite versions of their Red Ale. Uh, we blended that with our Petite Saison, and we think that acidity and then uh, the Petite Saison has a little bit of a hot bite to it, and those two things balance together so well. And that will go well with the mussels and the frites and the grease from the frites. The oil from the frites will go mm -hmm. balance well with the acidity from that beer. So I'm so not mad it's at you, be a little dude. journey. <laughs> Let's do this. We do have a little video from yeah. Omar Vandergunst. Vandergunst. Mm -hmm. Omar Vandergunst. He's a real guy. This is a set this up. There's a brewery that you collaborated with. Talk yeah, about so, this brewery. We'll play this clip. You'll love this. Then we'll come back. We'll do some cooking with you. That's what it's all about. I love that brewers have the passion for food as well, and we're going to bring it all together. But wait until you see this video. Set it up, Ryan. Yeah, so originally we were supposed to go over there and pick out our food or a beer to make this beer. Now, when you say go over there, we, I mean, we got to go a little slow. Every single year. Yeah, we take a group of our customers. Anyone who follows us and is fans of ours can join in on this group that we take people over to Belgium every year. We take them on a 10-day tour. You eat, drink, and talk to people and, and go across Belgium uh, for 10 days, and it's a magical, magical treat. And so this last year, last October, we were supposed to go. We were going go to go over to Omar Van, Omar Van Der Gens and pick out our fooder and, and then bring that beer back and make this beer. Then COVID hit. Then the trip got canceled, and we said, well, we don't want to give up on this uh, collaboration. Uh, they but had, you could. You yeah. could have just said, all Would've right, been well, the easy well that, that's done, but you kept hunting. No, we kept pushing, and they wanted to do something, and we wanted to do something with them. And so, you know, the opportunity for a, a, a brewer, brewery like ours, a small brewery in Colorado uh, that we only do Belgian styles, to be able to, you know, link back to the motherland of beer, Belgium, mm -hmm. and form that partnership was special. So we stuck with it. They had some of this beer on the eastern coast in the U.S. already imported. We said, we'll buy the whole lot. So we bought the whole lot, shipped it, shipped it to our brewery in Denver, and this is the first of three beers that we're making with them. Uh, and this is the one that, that's ready to go right now. It it's just came out last week. That's passion. That's getting you the project done and the beer to you. Yeah. And I haven't tasted it yet, but we will. Yes, we'll, we'll open we it up after this will. one and, and we're start gonna, doing some cooking. We're going to cook with it as well. Check out this short video, then we'll do a break. Then we'll come back. And right here in Studio Kitchen, Colorado, none better. Brews beer, beers here. Ryan and Dave in the house. We're going to do some cooking. We're going to do a little eating, a little laughing, and a little scratching. A song and a dance and some Don't beer. Don't forget drinking. Some beer down your pants. <laughs> That's it. All right, we'll be back in a flash. The Modern Eater Show continues.
Ja, det ska. Så va? Sätt träff för vad då? In Greenwich discussiëren ze over welke tijd de tijd is. En in Luik rijdt er voor het eerst de vent naar Bastenaken. En terug, met de fiets. Maar in de straten van Belgem, vlakbij Kortrijk, doet dat er allemaal niet toe. Daar is een jonge man sowieso voor op zijn tijd. Hij gaat van café tot café. Gewapend met paard, kar en het beste bier dat hij ooit gebrouwen heeft. Zijn naam is Van der Ginsten. Omer voor de vrienden. Als brouwer laat hij glasramen maken met zijn naam op. Bieren Omer van der Ginsten. En hij doet zijn cadeau aan de cafébazen. Is dat vreemd? Misschien wel. Is dat visionair? Absoluut. Want in 1900 is een glasraam wat vandaag een goed reclamefilmpje is. Een slimmerik dus. Maar vooral ook zuinig. Zo noemt hij zijn zoon ook Omer. Niet alleen omdat dat zo'n mooie naam is. Wel omdat hij al denkt aan het moment dat zijn zoon zelf brouwer wordt. Dan heeft hij tenminste al glasramen met zijn naam erop. Gratis en voor niets. Meer dan 100 jaar en vijf generaties later blijft het brouwen en het bier een familieaangelegenheid. Net als de naam, want de eerste zoon van elke generatie heet nog steeds Omer. Stel je die familiefeesten voor. Eén keer Omer roepen en de hele tafel kijkt op. Op vandaag is de naam Omer synoniem voor een diepgewortelde traditie. Het bier is een ode aan het vakmanschap, de wilskracht en de vooruitstrevende ideeën van Bompa van der Ginsten. En aan zijn zuinigheid natuurlijk. Omer, dat is traditional blond. Met veel smaak en nog meer traditie. Tijd om erin te drinken zeker. Goedemiddag. Gezondheid. What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumplin', four by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the modern eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color, uh, with a dense tan head, and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey Four Pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax in York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Watching the Modern Eater, and now back to the show. 
Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. We have Muscles and Freaks coming right up for you. And also talking about some collaboration beers with our friends from Brews Beers. But talk about beer. Man, here it is. The brewer wants your beer to taste like they intended it to taste. No funny stuff, right? If you own a bar or a restaurant, get your tap lines tuned up. That's what you have to do. So whether it's installs or maintenance, the man with the plan is Jeff Rourke. He's a family man, 20 years in the business, owner-operated. I'm telling you, he has so much experience, you'd be crazy not to use Jeff. He's forgotten more about installing draft lines than you'll ever know. Go with the experts. You know why? Because he's going to get the job done. Pouring in efficient beer, Jay, what are you doing? You're pouring your money down the drain. Money counts right now. Don't pour your money down the drain. you got to be lean and mean. So whether it's the largest install that you do or maintenance or adding a line, beer, water, wine, nitro, coffee, kombucha, whatever your desire is, get a hold of Jeff Rourke. He'll take care of you. Here's his phone number, 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809. Call the man up. Jeff Rourke, A-plus beverage solutions. Here we go. Why not, guys? Let's do some food here. All right, set this up again. Food. Dave, you're going to do the cooking? No. <laughs> we are going to do the cooking. We're going to do oh, the Okay, what, is that a, a, a... I'll do some chopping. We got some shallots here. I'll start chopping the shallots. We got to get those in the oil. Actually, let's get some oil on there and light this guy up, too. Baker Brewer and Ryan, just an all around Renaissance man that loves <laughs> right. eating food. That's right. I love just food. like I do. Uh, anything special you did with the fries? Yeah, so we already, we already hand cut the fries, russet potatoes, wash them really well after you cut them, and then uh, throw them in some cold water, several run, runs of that, pat them dry, and we threw them in the fryer already at 300 degrees for about five to seven minutes. Pull them out, let them cool. You got to double fry, and this is the Belgian Look at Dan style. with the knife skills. He's got. I'm it. just trying to show you right now. Dan's got the knife skills. So Dave's gonna Dave, do that. Dave, damn it, and Dave! Then, <laughs> you put a beer in you me. You told me never. I never. I would never, <laughs> never forget, Dave. That's all right. So now he's working on the muscles. So we got the uh, cast iron going back here. We're doing some shallots. We're gonna do some garlic and some thyme. Put all those in the oil together and let them meld for about five minutes. You let those oils kind of work through and uh, release some of these flavors. This will all become part of the sauce for the mussels. Um, then we'll throw the fries in for a second uh, fry here at when when the mussels are coming off. And then we've got some Andalus sauce, which is which I made last night. This stuff's really good to set for a, a day or two before it's before it's set uh, it and forget it yeah let it really meld together so we made it. that last night um that's to dip your fries in it's kind of like a america has thousand island dressing this is the belgian version of that okay. but it's, it's okay. way better I was gonna ask. it's mayonnaise based it's got peppers and onions and lemon juice uh some stuff like that. In is there. that the Ryan so. secret sauce or the Dave secret sauce? That is like the Belgian secret sauce. That's this the is Belgium. like the standard. Every freak stand over there has this sauce. So that's why we had we had to bring that so you get the full experience. Um, so yeah, we're throwing there, the onions, shallots. Is there triple out right now? Oh yeah, let's do that. So as far as mussels goes, have you guys ever heard of a cohog? Cohog? Yeah. No, this by the way is our Belgian triple. Which we're going to put in there as well. Wait, wait. let me oh. brown this before you put too much. Getting a little anxious there. Woo. A little overambitious. Look at that. Chef Dave almost slapped your hand. I think you want to do hand. this afterwards, right? 
After I brown these, yeah. yeah. Let me get this going first. So you've been to Belgium a few times. Dave, have you been to Belgium? I have not been to you Belgium. You haven't been. But I'm, like, I'm hoping to go. He was supposed to go October, October with us. COVID, so he's coming this October. Well, I have to wonder, and that's what I want to ask you, Dave. Are you looking forward to some of the cuisine to be able oh, to? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I am very excited. I mean, the cuisine, the beers, I've never been. And obviously, I work for a Belgian brewery. I love beer. I love Belgian beer. And the Belgians are some of the most creative brewers, the most diverse brewers in the country, besides the U.S., obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I cannot wait. I'm so excited to try all the diversity. Ryan, obviously, has been well, several times. talk about the food scene. And, oh, the food. So, obviously, everyone thinks of Belgium for the beer, and they should, because it's the best beer in the world. So, yes, the beer is fantastic, but the food goes along with it. Beer is part of the culture over there. So, they don't just drink beer. They cook with beer. It, it, it's part of multi-generational businesses. It's, it's part of towns. It's, it's everything over there. So, you know, for us, we might have a, a small brewery here, small brewery there. They're, they they could be working on their fifth, sixth, seventh generation brewer. Same family, same location, same town. I mean, the, the history just goes. Food is the same way, so they get these recipes that go back so far. So obviously this is a staple. You're going to find it everywhere. But they have so much other great stews are big over there. So they make these these beef stews, and and, and they do uh, bolognese sauce on pasta with, with duck and beef. Mm. And, I mean, the, the food scene over there is just fantastic. And a lot of it is cooked with beer. So they get some of that, uh, that flavor, you know, the the flavors to meld with the food that way but cooking with beer now i i love it and and i i think it's catching on and it's one of those things to where if you know you know yeah but wine primarily is you know what dominates a lot of wine and food people always think of wine with food but beer yeah. and food is is wine beer and food, food a is, thing in belgium or it is so wine you know obviously being north of france there's a lot of, of sure. wine influence there and there's some wine influence on the beers you know we do a lot of barrel aging in wine barrels french wine barrels uh for that reason and so there's a lot of crossover in belgium lots um, of belgian brewers use grapes and stuff in their beer making as well yeah so they definitely relate but beer is king in belgium so i was going to ask you that you sit down for an ordinary meal and mm-hmm. and and you order a beer is that yep. what you do with yep. your meal for sure you order a beer you know it was funny we took a group last year to down to orval and then we went to this cafe next door, outside the gates of all, and, uh, and we're in line, and in front of us is a couple. They're probably in their mid-80s, husband, wife, and they're shuffling through line with us, and they get their food, and at the end, they each get a Belgian quadruple. So it was, I think, a 10.5% beer <laughs> for lunch, and it's perfectly normal, you know, for an 85-year-old couple to have lunch and, and drink a 10.5% beer and then move on with their day. Well, it is a food you know? group, too. Yeah. It's, I it's mean, a, it's a total food group, for sure. <laughs> just stop at the beer. What are you having for lunch? I'm going to have that triple. Yeah. Yeah, they just do it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I, love the, I love the culture. I haven't, obviously haven't been, and I'm just yeah. an inquisitive we kid. we got to get you over there. Um, because I, I like culture. Yeah, the smells are great. Is that, that rosemary you were using? right away? Uh, yeah, pinch of that, pinch of that. So a little pepper, a little salt. And then uh, once that's going up for a while, we'll add our triple beer in there. Yeah, now you act, you act like you cook this often. 
I've done mussels several times. You know, I had them at Christmas. That was uh, something my wife and I did this year for Christmas at home. Uh, we cooked some mussels. Uh, you know, we, we definitely like them. It's, it's a treat. You want to dump that triple in? Yep. You ready? Here comes the beer. So we're doing our Belgian triple, which will meld really good with, with the flavors that we've got going here. So let that kind of, should be enough there. Stick around uh, later. We're going to uh, catch up. We did some filming at Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, and that's exactly where we got this Yoder smoker right here. Right here. This gets used mm -hmm. so much. Actually, we brought Biker Jim, Biker Jim Pittenger, over to Proud Souls a couple of days ago. We filmed it. We thought it was interesting. The reason for the season is the, the weather heats up. You want to be that backyard warrior. Um, take a look at Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions because... When we Definitely the place to go for any of your local barbecue needs is Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. We're here with the guys from Brews Beers. Again, another great Colorado brand. And I want to talk about the breweries for just a second here because you have some good partnerships and relationships. And I always say, if your brewery sticks in the neighborhood, the neighborhood embraces it, there's a good chance you're going to do very well. And it's called sure. Midtown, right? Yeah. Yeah, our, our, our main brewery is located in Midtown, just north of, about 10 minutes north of downtown Denver. It was a new neighborhood when we went in there and took the, uh, took the risk of opening up. It was a dirt floor and some brand new homes going in. And uh, it, it's, it's five years later now, coming up this summer. It'll be our fifth year open up there. And it's turned into a great community, and we're certainly the hub of that community. And uh, that's what we wanted. You know, what a gem. You can't get more European than being surrounded on all sides by homes. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when this thing really started kicking up, the, the craft beer scene in America, 90s, and, and people started opening them. It was always in a warehouse. It was in the back of a warehouse. And then eventually, you know, 2000s or so, you're moving to the front of the warehouse. But, but you weren't in a community. You weren't. Uh, surrounded by homes like you are in Europe. And so for us to have that opportunity up in Midtown to literally be the nucleus of a neighborhood was a perfect fit for us. Doing food time. Muscles hitting beer. Dave, Muscles do it. Beer. Okay, here it goes. And then we'll drop these fries in. Look at these guys. Chefs, watch out. <laughs> and, and it's not, you know, obviously... Chefs love brewers. Brewers love chefs. There's so many commonalities. Yeah, five um, minutes covered. Between the two. One thing I want to talk about is brew pubs, right? Uh, uh, so food, the food element. When you go t to Belgium, are, are most of the uh, – is there food attached to most of these breweries? Or are they – what are they doing? It's a, it's a mix. Um, you know – Restaurants everywhere, and the beer list at these restaurants will blow your mind. I mean, okay. you can order $500 bottles of beer, you know, 30-year-old Chimay mm -hmm. Blue on, on the bottle list at a lot of these restaurants. So the restaurants will run the gamut. Uh, then you've got tap rooms, much like you do in America. Uh, there's one in, uh, in Bruges that has over 300 different Belgian beers wow. in, available in just that one small tap room. So... And then you've got the breweries. A lot of these breweries, they love food just like we do, and so they will open a restaurant as part of it. So some of the bigger ones do. You get out into the farmhouse breweries, and it's literally a husband, wife, and a handful of friends making this whole operation run. So there's no restaurant there. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you, get, you get in between. They, it, 
they have the passion for the food, mm -hmm. but you don't always have the facility, right? Absolutely. I mean, being four generations deep, that it, it's built with stone in the middle of a field, and it's just not a, a restaurant. You know, it'd be hard to retrofit a restaurant in There's there. There's no build-out in yeah. there. But what? some of them you will run into, and they've done it, and those are really special. Well, one of the things that you can hope for is that community, that neighborhood feel. And one thing that you have going on for you is just two doors down, right? Yeah. You have a, a very good partnership and relationship with um, a gal that it just does a great job with bonbons. Yeah, bonbons. Uh, it, it's a husband-wife combo down there. They make great food. Uh, for us, having food in-house and, and that available is essential. We're also serving 10, 12, 13% alcohol beers, so yeah. <laughs> you kind of need a burger or something them. in between them. Uh, we also employ a different food truck every night of the week. So That's we've awesome. got seven different food trucks weekly, sometimes eight. Wow. Um, we do dessert trucks as well on top of those. And so we're always having a rotation of food uh, through our tasting room. And don't forget to bring your dog. No, we're, we, we love dogs. I mean, our, our brew dogs are there. We, we, we do dog activities. We do an annual event up there called Wagapalooza. Mm -hmm. Last time we did Wagapalooza, we couldn't do it during COVID. So the year before, uh, I think we adopted like 34 dogs in two hours out of there. I mean, what's better than getting a buzz on and taking a puppy home, right? <laughs> like, that just works. All right, let's go to the Dave cam. What do we got going on here? Well, we're getting pretty close here. Oh, mussels are looking beautiful. Opening up. Steaming in that beer and the oil and the... Oh, I was going to quickly tell you about cohogs. So cohogs are a northeastern mussel mm -hmm. that, uh, you, know, you know, you find them just like any other right, mussel. But in the sand, you pull these babies out and literally they're this big. Whoa, really? You open this mu and it's, it's a... like a hamburger mussel. It, it is a big mussel. <laughs> you just need cohogs. one or two. You just need a couple <laughs> of them. Uh, mussels oh, are, are interesting things. And... Um, when uh, Dave, you said, well, you, do you like mussels? I said, well, how are you going to cook them? <laughs> I see how it's going to be. Yeah. I see how it's going to be. I think I'll use this. And how much butter comes along with them. That's next. That's, That's part coming of the next. Sauce. We're almost there. And the fries? Yeah, we're getting Fries close are close. There. This is a treat these? for us. This is the second frying. This is, that's, the, that's the key is get them in there twice. So we're going to let those run for about another minute. And those will be done. While we're doing that, eat. can we try this collab beer and talk about it once again? Yeah, let's open one of these. I'll go grab those glasses. You start talking about that, and I'll get the glasses. Yeah, Dave. Dave. Or do you want to just come on over here by the bread? Yeah, we can do that. You know, it was myself, Charlie Gottenkinney, our co-founder, and Dave. And we sat around, and I know it sounds hard, but we sat around and tasted probably 20 different beers along with this their their beer base to get boil it down to what we wanted to do and that's this beer here uh so like dave said it's a uh it's a flanders red sour cuvee that we then blended we uh, brewed a petite saison specifically for this base and then we blended them on the back half of the brewing process did you pour there. it that way on purpose or am i going to teach this you how to pour purpose, a beer so you want at least <laughs> at least two heads why? two fingers of why? head on Talk a belgian beer tell me pull your mask down and smell that and okay. you'll know why as it goes down I'll... oh so good and so this should be i would call this a snifter this, and i'm probably proper, wrong this is a proper pour in belgium what's right the, what's this type of glass yeah called? this is like a, a snifter so we you know there's two that we so in Belgium, there's a, a different glass for every beer. And if you can imagine that, there's, you know, well over a thousand different beers. They, they have a thousand different glasses over there. 
Uh, so you, you craft a beer for a glass for that beer. But what you're tasting there is that's close to a four-year-old sour base now. I just went. Yep. So the first sip always on a sour. Here you go, Dave. Is, ah, thank uh, you. It's always going to kind of shock your palate. So go for the second and third, and that's when you start judging the yeah, flavor. It's like uh, drinking whiskey for the first time. Mm -hmm. Huh? Mm -hmm. So are you telling me that that foam is going to contain a lot of the smell? Particulate? Oh, yeah. The aroma is everything. Um, you know, if you were to plug, you know, hold your nose now mm -hmm. and try a sip of that beer, yeah. it tastes completely different. And it'll taste different in a different glass, too. So we brought these because it really kind of opens that beer up. It's and it's a good way to drink it. And you're right. The second drink. I'm looking forward to going down the lane of the third and the fourth and the fifth yeah. drink. So when it comes to having this collaboration and, and basically mixings of beers, right? I mean, right. you're mixing them together. Yeah, we're, what we're do you taste for from the original beer from Belgium? Well, you get a lot of that sour base in there, and you get that color. So that Flanders red has got that kind of amber color. Now the Cuvée de Jacobins, which is the, the base beer from Belgium, is very, very tart, very sharp. Um, it's a fantastic beer, but it wouldn't appeal to the masses over here in the United States. It's got a, it's got a, a, a fantastic following, and those who like it, like it, covet it, and find it, and drink it, and I, I'm one of those. Uh, but as far as a beer for the mass of our audience, it wouldn't appeal to um, on just that basis. So what we did is crafted this beer to kind of play off of those characters, but add several other softer layers in there. And uh, we're, we're at about 60% sour base, 40% of our petite saison on this one. So it's, it's, you know, it's not overly done. You still get plenty of that Belgian base in there. Um, and like I said, this is the first of three collaborations we're doing with this brewery. Wow. you so, got to be thrilled with this one, first of all. Oh, we're so all, excited. Right? How can people get it? So these are available in both of our tasting rooms on draft and in bottles. Very limited bottle run, but we wanted to do a bottle run, cork and cage, very Belgian style. You can get style. these bottles yes. right here. This wasn't just show for the modern eater no, right this here? Is, this is this available. This is what you get. Yep. Uh, listen, I, I mean, I don't know what you do for people for yourself or for gifts or anything else, but... This one right here, you got to get. And, and these and will go fast. I mean, the bottles will go really fast. Hopefully, we'll have some draft on there for a while. Um, you can see on the side there, there's the Jacobins, which is the base beer. And then there's the brewery, Omer Vondergans. And then we pulled in some of their branding from here up into our top of our label. And uh, it's really a, it's a special. You know, there's not a lot of what we call transatlantic collaborations, uh, especially in Belgium. They hold their beer tight, and, you know, they, they don't just collaborate with anyone. And we, we felt very honored that they even considered this idea, let alone follow through with it. So uh, It says something for brews, right? Yeah, I think it does. You know, they, they know our passion. They know that this is what we're wanting to do and, and uh, push the bounds and, and continue to educate Americans on this. I mean, that, that sour base is a special, special beer. And most would never have tasted it unless it came through a form like this. You know, we've gotten it in more hands than, than it would have. So, you know, they, they get a little bit more exposure. We both grow a little bit from it. Um, but more importantly, people get a really special beer. That's cool.
That is definitely cool. I'll tell you, I look at Ryan Evans and I go, you're an alien, man. How are you around beer all day and food? Functional. Well, I mean, one of the best guys that really, truly is a great steward of your brand. And you and Charlie Gotten Kinney have done such a great job with Brews. It's a fun beers. journey. You know, I, I, do something you're passionate about, right? That's, that's key to life. Yeah. Uh, and it won't be work. And that's what we do. I mean, Dave and I get a play every day in the brewery and create new things and you share it with friends and family and i mean how, how can you go wrong and here we are cooking with you guys and i mean life is good colfax location is interesting because as you look around corners and, and just do that because visualize that piece of property down there on colfax with your capabilities with outdoors your indoor uh remote tap room yeah. for all your delicious beers. Yeah. Kind of lay out how you envision that this summer. Yeah, Brews Off Facts is really cool. So we took an old historic building in Denver and converted it to a tasting room. Um, we've got a whole new uh, layout on the patio now. We've doubled the size of that patio and really opened it up. It's got a very European feel to it, almost like a back alley European feel to it. First of all, can I tell Dave that I think those look like the perfect fries? <laughs> those, and they I'm need to, to hear you it. need the fry anchors okay. in there. Sorry look to interrupt, that. Ryan. Oh, no, those look great. I know they do. Salt them. The patio. So yeah, so we so we took over uh, this entire patio, but it's like a little oasis, right? It's it's in the back of this building right off Colfax. So you know, just on the other side of the building is the chaos of Colfax, sure. right? Yeah. It's chaotic. There's buses and people and all sorts of action. And but then you, you enter the botanical gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. totally kind of like it's that. It's that way, right? I mean, and an then you're oasis. in this little oasis, and it's it's quiet, it's peaceful. Uh, we have a little bit of music, a little bit of lighting back there, but we let the setting speak for itself. It's just open and, and gorgeous and quiet and. Uh, and here's our meal. People must be so mad at us right now. Why did you choose the sourdough, Dave? I love sourdough. <laughs> I think it's, it's a very, like, like Belgium and their beer scene, uh -huh. it's a very historical bread. This bread has been around for an eternity. And so I love fermentation, obviously. And so mixed culture, bread fermentation, mixed culture, beer fermentation, acidity, uh, all of that just goes so, it's, it's just, it balances food. There's something about acidity in food that just balances it all out. And now, now, our guy, we have a bread guy, Aspen Baking Company, a local company, and he would look at this bread, he'd go, look at the eyes on this bread. This looks fantastic. I mean, just has the curvature you want. And, and, and the artisan nature of the way you're making your bread here, yes. I can see your passage just through the bread yeah. itself. <laughs> There's something to... The art, it's, it's just something you can't do with beer, right? The presentation of it. I mean, you can, but they are all similar. All beers look and feel the same. But bread, you know, one round with a cross pattern, and it brings this little ear up in the center, and it looks really cool. And then the other one, you put a wheat stalk on the side, and you open the side up, and it, it's just, it's a piece of art that I don't get to play with on the beer side. Mm -hmm. It's my hands creating a piece of art, basically. And I, there's just something about that that I love. And tell them more about the, the, the yeast that you use in this beer. So actually, the, yeah, the, the mix, the yeast, the culture that I use to ferment my breads is actually a beer culture. Uh, it's the same thing that I ferment the sour beer that we make at Brews with. Okay. It's the same thing that I fermented sour beers for since I was a home brewer. I've been using this culture, which is a mix of some goose and lambic, which is a very 
Belgian beer from Belgium, some Cantillon in there. There's some Dreyfontainen in there. There's some uh, all different kinds of mixed culture beer and stuff like that, mixed culture yeasts and stuff that are in this bread. And I created a sourdough mother, essentially, out of that same yeast culture that I used to make beer with. Keep so the funk around. Keep the funk. Keep the funk. Keep it going. And it gets better every year. Yeah. If you keep it going, it's it about just gets a, better every year. My beer culture is about a seven year, six to seven-year-old culture. My bread culture is about, uh, as I turned it into bread, it's now about three years old. So. You've got the bread knife. Let's open that bread up. I want to yeah. see you make a plate for Let's us because this is what everybody is waiting for. This is... This is good stuff. Should we, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll show you the uh, final outcome of this, and then we're going to um, show oh, you around Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, the place where we get our Yoda from, our Green Egg from. They have Magic Chef. They have Weber. They have everything you need. It's a local company. And uh, as we're going to commercial, we're going to open this bread up, and I want you to bring it right up to that camera with the light on there, Dave. Look at your babies right here oh ho, 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 ho. oh that's a beauty that's it the modern eater show continues <laughs> hey guys alex armitas over at sam's number three glendale you want a bloody mary you want a cheeseburger you want a breakfast burrito greek salad bacon gyro meat chicken souvlaki barbecue ranch salad we got you covered come down and see us one more time try it again hey guys alex armitas over here at sam's number three glendale now get your ass to themoderneater.com thank you so much We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time and you're watching The Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Hey, back to the show. We gotta turn your microphone on, producer. Uh, before we get back to the Belgian beer and the muscles, I wanna talk to you about Jeff. God, that fried my brain. Jeff. 
nations at AspenBaking.com. I know it doesn't sound like I know what I'm talking about, but trust me, when it comes to bread. Trust me, he doesn't I, know what he's yeah, talking about. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about, and I'm talking about delicious bread, and specifically Aspen Baking Company, AspenBaking.com. Since 1994, they've been serving our community, the Colorado and Denver community, over 700 accounts here locally. They don't put the bad stuff. They put the good stuff. So AspenBaking.com, you're going to find delicious bread. You're not going to find chemicals. You're going to find hoagie rolls. You're not going to find artificial coloring. You're going to find homemade pizza dough, but you're not going to find them freezing it. They don't do that either. Over at Aspen Baking, they do it the right way, you guys. AspenBaking.com. If you're a chef and you can't bake your own bread, get a hold of Aspen Baking. If you're just a bread lover like me and you want the best bread in the city, get a hold of Aspen Baking. It's AspenBaking.com. Now we're going to get back to the show and we're going to try some Belgian mussels and we're going to try some uh, Belgian beer from Brews Beers with our good buddy Ryan Evans. Delicious, Jay. And I love bread, too, especially when it comes with the mussels and the frites. Studio Kitchen Colorado, and it is a Wednesday. I know, I know. We're having way too much fun, and cooking is amazing. But this kitchen, Studio Kitchen Colorado, also houses Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start in the evenings, Monday through Thursdays at the three-week course. It's a gimme. It's free to you. Whether you're a home cook, you want to get into the business, or you just want to sharpen your skills, Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start is for you. After the segment that we play for you from Proud Souls. We're going to jump to another segment that was pasta making right in this kitchen last night. Making education cool again. That's what we're doing. And people, I'll tell you what. If you like to watch people cook food and you like to participate and you want to be involved in community, food, and the efforts that takes place right here at Studio Kitchen Colorado, go to the Modern Eater website, themoderneater.com. Click on the Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. What you will see there are two things, a way to sign up if you want to be a student and a way to grab students for your kitchen if you are a restaurateur, a manager, what have you. If you're in the business or you want to be in the business, this is for you, Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. Back to the show. Dave, you killed it. Thank you. Look at this. You're proud of yourself, aren't you? I'm very proud of myself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? This is a delicious meal. So as we go through this. It looks amazing. All right. Would you have done anything different? I don't think you would have. I don't think I would have, no. Maybe a baguette instead of a large loaf. But outside of that, I think it's looking real, real nice. So uh, here it is. It's plated up. And Ryan, you got to have that beer poured. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're doing. I'm doing the triple with it. I got one for you there, Greg, and uh, one for you, Dave. When you finish that, uh, that I'm gonna beer try. I'm gonna try my first couple bites with this beer to Mars. I think it's gonna go so well with this meal. Well, can we look at you eat? People you want to watch that. me eat? We want to see how you approach right, this plate right now. Let's do it. Okay. Here so we go. first Ready? of all, beer first or food first? How are you well, gonna yeah, go after do, this? I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna have a sip of a little smell, a little acidity. We were talking about the way this beer might taste and smell. To me, I'm getting cherry. I'm getting raspberry. There's like this leathery kind of a background on it. We're, we're doing a mic fix. Check. But uh, then, then the beer that I brewed to go along, that, those are all Flanders red characters. Those are all very common in a Flanders red beer. But the beer that I made to go in it is a much lighter beer. It's very, uh, there's no acidity really. It's a little maybe more hop character than a Flanders Red would normally have. But it's 
It's got a little bit of bite. It's got a little bit, there's some aged hops that I use in it, which give really interesting, unique, almost cheesy characters, but in a complimentary way, and it's really lovely. So, and it, and it lightens that acidity up. It drops a, a 7% Flanders Red down to about a 5.5% Beer to Mars, which is really delicious, really crushable. Great meal, food, great food beer, great meal beer, and yeah. I'm going down this lane. I'm going down this lane with you. You smelling it? Oh, you get yes. The cherry, you I'm get getting, the leather, I am, you get the... Yes, yeah. and, and my mouth is really trained because we cracked this open, I don't know, what, 10 minutes ago? Yeah, as and it warms up, it opens up. It up as well. So For I'm sure. start with a bite of the muscle. I can do it here. And I'm going to make sure I get some sauce on it there. Oh, yeah. Garlic and chewy and herb. Lots of butter, which is really good. And that acidity here is going to cut that fat, cut that butter. Bring me right back down to neutral so I can try this. Oh. Mushy on the inside, crispy on the outside. <laughs> hey, nice job with that sauce, Ryan. That's <laughs> little, it, little lemon juice. That dipping sauce. Yeah. Are you going to pull from pepper, that bread? Some spices yeah, in there, mayonnaise. Bread right now. And the bread is going to be the crowning oh, yeah. achievement of I'm the meal. I'm going to pull some butter off with it. And as always, you can and, dip it uh, in that sauce. Yeah, I'm going to run that sauce through it. It's the best part about eating mussels. Don't forget the sauce. Oh, <laughs> I just baked this bread this morning. The crust is still super crunchy. Nice, chewy insides. Oh. And it's a sopper. I'm just, you oh, you yeah, got to sopper it's up. I'm going to sop that up real nice. Don't forget the butter. I'm just going to bite right off of it now. Some French, French butter. Mm. Who's not ready for that? Oh, yeah. So I recommended to the boys. I said, uh, I'm just going to keep going here. Dave, Ryan, let, let's do a dinner. We got to do one of these. This would be a fun dinner, you know? It's, it's easy. It's not overly complicated, but there's a lot of flavors going on. And if you think about it, pretty much everything you see on that plate was cooked with beer today. It, now, that's interesting. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got it in everything. Was it in the sauce? Essentially. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit in there. Uh, obviously, the, you saw us do the mussels. They had it in. And uh, Dave talked about the, the beer culture that he used for the bread. So, you know, it, uh, again... They cook with beer. Beer is everything over there. It's not just uh, something to drink, and it's it, it kind of comes full circle on a meal like this. This is an experience, and this is what people are looking for these days as you go, okay, how can I make food enjoyable? How can I make my libations enjoyable? Yeah. How are you not just going, okay, give me a burger, beer, and a shot? Right. I mean, there's a place for that. There's always a place for that. But, but... if you're looking to take a ride and yeah. a ride around the world, something regional like this, Refer back to this. I think we can get the boys to give us. I mean, it's not really much of a recipe, but just we the can ingredients. We share the recipe yeah, with you. Totally. You know, COVID times, you're doing a lot more cooking at home. This is a perfect meal for COVID times. You know, mussels are not expensive in America. They cost the same amount of money as a chicken wing for, per pound. So, uh, you know, we pay about $5 a pound at Whole Foods for these mussels, which is dirt cheap for such a great meal. Uh, obviously, potatoes aren't that expensive. These are all ingredients that... You can't really mess it up. Take it, take it and do it your own way if you want, um, but it's not a complicated thing. Don't overcook the mussels. Don't overcook the fries. 
and you know, call Dave and he'll just bake the bread for you. Oh, everybody got their COVID <laughs> sourdough loaf going. I'm pretty sure exactly. everyone learned how to bake sourdough during COVID time. So <laughs> I love these boys. Okay, one more time. 30 second elevator speech. Bruce Beers, come visit. Yeah, come come visit Bruce Beers, 67th and Pecos, 10 minutes north of downtown Denver. All, also at Colfax in York. We call that the Bruise Off Fax location. So there's two tasting rooms in town. Beers available at both. Uh, if you're lucky, you'll catch Dave and a loaf of bread one afternoon. Well, let's wax poetic about beer. Let's do it. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm telling truly, um, it's an environment that you want to go to. Whether it's date night, anniversary, you just want to hang out Sunday afternoon, any day of the week. What, what's your hours of operations right now? Yeah, up at the main brewery, we're one o'clock to nine o'clock daily, and then brews off facts. We're two o'clock to ten o'clock daily. Take them up on it. These are the guys, man. Dave Olson, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Ryan Evans. Cheers Cheers to you. Cheers, guys. We're going to break away. We'll come back, and you will see. I'll tell you what. Take a look at Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, another local company coming up next on the Modern Eater Show. Hi. I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms, and I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. Hey, Zach Kreider here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, Let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans, I'm Don Trobo with the Annex by Art at Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. Oh man, I need some bear paws. Like, oh, I need this for sure. I'm always burning myself. Spatula, man, this is the candy land. Welcome to Proud Souls Barbecue Provisions. When I think local and I think barbecue, look at this. Look at these awards, the ribbons, award-winning barbecue, local as you get. We have a treat today because Biker Jim Pittenger is here with us. What's happening, Biker Jim? Just looking for a barbecue, my friend. Came to the right place. And here it is, Dan. What's going on, everybody? 
Dan, we made it in. We've got Biker Jimmy's looking for a grill. I don't even know what his needs are, but I don't either. You guys do the best. Let's talk about it. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, two locations, one right here on Federal and what? One north. Uh, we're right here, 25th and Federal, about a mile north of Broncos Stadium. The other location we opened up about seven months ago down in Old Town Littleton, about a block north of Main Street. Come in and check us out. This is as real as it gets. There's no prep work here. Jim's coming in. He's a customer, and you start from there. This is how you figure out the needs of your customer, and that's what Dan. Go ahead, guys. Well, that's why I'm here, man. Yeah, uh, what's going talk, on, Jim? Talk to the expert. There figure you go. out what it is that I actually need. So uh, something probably for home use. I'm not really looking for commercial okay. use right now. Uh, and this is where you're going to come in handy. Uh, I want a smoker. Okay. I've never had okay. one, so I really want to do a lot of stuff with smoke. Okay. Smoking everything from sugar to cheesecakes to, you know, maybe the odd pork chop. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but I also want to be able to sear. So I'm okay. looking at some sort of a combo thing that would get me, you know, where I could smoke something at 150, 160 degrees and sear something at 700 degrees. Okay. So you've obviously done a little bit of your homework and know what you're looking for just just enough to be dangerous yeah, um, i don't know how dangerous i am but you know <laughs> how many folks are you uh cooking for you know right now not very many not very man. many but you know once uh once we get through this pandemic mess you know i want to be able to cook for don't you want a piece of that smoked cheesecake Oh, it's already, it's already got me drooling, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. I don't think I've ever We're had gonna, a smoked cheesecake. But. I don't believe anybody has. <laughs> I, I haven't made one yet, but, you know. Nice. Pretty good on the cheesecake thing. And then what about uh, your degree of uh, how much hands-on you want to be? Is it something you want to be able to set and forget it, or is it something that's going to be? I think set and forget's probably not a bad way for me to go, much like Bill Pay. I would just want to be able to <laughs> plug everything in at once, and then if something goes wrong down the road, somebody lets me know. Okay. So, Jim, does size matter? Does size matter? Uh yeah, I think it also matters how much fire you get, what kind of smoke you make. Okay. You know, and awesome. basically uh, what the result is. That's what really matters, size or not. Now, do you need to know the setting because he wants this in his bedroom? <laughs> well, the the beautiful uh, thing about a lot of these smokes right now is they're all Wi-Fi enabled. So you can actually have a controller that has an app, cloud-based. You can download that application and control. You could be controlling your smoker from your phone right here. From your bidet. From, from your, my bidet. From your bidet, from you know what, uh, whatever it is, basically. If you can have a phone access, if you've got internet connection, you basically can control your cooker. So. Fair. You know, I've got I my would, uh, down. Now I can do the uh, do the smoker. There you go. You know, life will be easy. I would steer you towards these Yoders over here. This um, big one right here, right? Yeah, this big bad boy. I've, this one looks familiar. Where, where's yeah, this one hang out at? Studio Kitchen, Colorado. It's a, it, that's the exact same one. And Jim, you you have piloted I have. this smoker before. Yeah, we've, uh, now, and, and seriously, tell him the setting of where your apparatus will live. Um, actually, it would not support anything quite this large you know this is going on my patio right now i was yoder is, also makes a pellet smoker mm -hmm. which would be this 640 they've right. also got a 480 which would be on the other side right so on. the number basically is the size of the square inches of the bottom rack mm -hmm. so that one's got 640 square inches down there Heard. and above that's got about roughly about 500 so you're looking at about 1100 square inches for that guy um 20 pound hopper that's the wi-fi enabled controller with two probes Right. with a little probe port off to the side. It does come with chrome front shelves as well as side. The unit runs. They uh, go here, I'm guessing. Yep, they would slide yep. directly yep. in. We can pop around here in a second. I can show you those. The unit, once you turn it on, runs a fan. 
the fan does not um, have to be have to ignite the pellets, right? So you can actually do some cold smoking. So if you wanted oh, to do right some on. some cheese, some nuts, um, most folks, you know, do that sparingly, but mostly they're doing pork butts, they're doing shoulders, they're mm -hmm. doing burgers, whatever it may be. You hit start, and that guy comes up to anywhere from 150 degrees on the low end to 600 plus on the high end. All right, so it does do that low and slow, but it also can do that searing like you mentioned. Okay, that 600, is that like 600 convection heat or is there actually well, flames that will come underneath? So set up like this is gonna be a little bit more convection style gotcha. because you've got a one piece solid diffuser plate running across mm -hmm. here. So most pellet smokers are gonna have strictly that convection heat. Gotcha. By that, what we mean is that heat's gonna come up around mm -hmm. and not be the direct heat like you would get from a charcoal grill or a gas you is know, grill. Is that the only type of fuel that you use with this as pellets? Yep. Okay. Yep. You were so kind of, that's where you were looking, wasn't it? Well, I, yeah, I was actually looking for the ease of not having to go, uh, you know, yep. very hardwood around. And, so and this is a, a 20 pound hopper that gets you about 10 to 12 hours of cook time. So okay. as long as you have that full, you can basically, you can't turn it on via your phone, but once it's on, you can control it via your phone or turn it off via your phone. You can turn it off via your phone okay. too, yeah. But you're not searing with that, are you? No. Uh, not this setup. Yeah. So the beauty of the Yoder is, Greg, if you want to lift up that guy there, the same exact unit. So this is set up with our searing option. Ah, see, so Jim. Most pellet smokers don't have this option. Mm -hmm. What I mean by the searing, as you mentioned, Jim, mm -hmm. um, this particular two-piece diffuser has got a trap door in there. Right. So that trap door comes out and you're wondering if you're cooking with direct flame. Now you're cooking with direct flame from pellets. Gotcha. So you can get that char you're looking for for those those tomahawks, those Delmonico steaks, um, mm -hmm. tri-tip, pork, you know, loin, whatever it may be. So you're gonna have flames shooting up here. You can either use the standard chrome grates they have there and you've got about an eight by eight inch area to right. grill on. Or You've got these, these grill grates, there's mm -hmm. a set of three aluminum, mm -hmm. which are pretty slick. Um, grill grates is its own company. They do their own deal. Um, they don't rust. Um, you get a set of three of those. You can have the traditional grill marks, diamond mm -hmm. shape there, or if you go on the right side, you can flip it over. And you've got more uh, overall coverage on your steaks. <clears throat> you've got something for smash burgers. You've got something for a, list, a lot more searing. Mm -hmm. That's gonna radiate the heat about 50 to 75 degrees more. And now you've turned the smoker into about half of that bottom area, 320 square inches into a grill. So and now you can you get about eight steaks on there. Yeah, 50 to 75 degrees warmer. So you're looking pretty close to 700 degrees. If you take a gun and shoot those grates, you're going to be roughly 700 degrees. Okay. Look at that yep. sexy mini skirt. Yeah. That baby. You get so turned is on it, by everything, Greg. Is this, well, this is sexy. This <laughs> that is, is a sexy, sexy beast. So it's American made sexy beast. So that mm -hmm. guy comes out of Wichita, Kansas. So that sucker weighs about 335 pounds all in. That's why it can withstand that, that higher temperature. Some of the other pellet smokers are only getting up to 500 degrees, and they're only going to have that indirect heat. Gotcha. They're not going to have that direct flame. What else? Yeah. Um, what else the, we got? I the mean, other side, is, yeah. I'm, you, know, you mentioned you're not cooking for an army right now. No, um, not really. I mean, although other that, unit, that size wise is pretty close to what I'd be looking this for. This is the, one, the size one down from that. Okay. So this right. is the 480, um, 480 square inches down low. <coughs> Built the same gauge steel, the same hopper, same controller. So it's just going to be eight inches shorter, um, but other than that, it's pretty much the exact same unit. So you can still put those same searing, yep. searing boxes and in there? And that's how we have this one set oh. up here. Okay, cool. So that's oh, the right. basic model there, and this is kind of the souped-up turbo. Mm -hmm. Right on.
This kind of is looking pretty close to my guy right there. Um, you can get a full packer brisket. You can get multiple pork shoulders on there. Pull this out, that put it in a turkey. Standard. Yeah, so you can oh, slide this guy all the way out. So mm -hmm. now you've got a lot more coverage. It slides it back in. It's expanded metal. Um, you can get probably seven racks of ribs on that guy. Um, two pretty turkeys. Safe in a confined area. Yeah. yeah, so this would be roughly about 12 inches away from your a wall. Um, mm -hmm. All your fire is pretty much contained in here. It's very rarely that you would get anything shooting out of here. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Uh, and this will still drop down. You can still cold smoke. You can still... Yep. You would literally uh, just hit this button here. Fan would turn on, then hit the start button, and that's when he would start dropping pellets mm -hmm. to get you the heat uh, to heat and, to start. And how low a heat will this go? When you say uh, cold one, smoke? 150 degrees with the, with the fire. Gotcha. So cold smoking, you literally just turn the fan on and we have what they call these amazing tubes, which is a smoke tube that you'd fill with pellets uh -huh. and actually light that with a torch. Oh, gotcha. And then okay. you'd stick that right on this side. You could put your cheese, your nuts, your fish, whatever here, that smoke would ro roll up across that. You need amazing. to get that? No, we're good. Okay. We can you know, uh, confer. Yeah. This is when the, you know, the, you go to buy a car and then you have an opportunity. Like, <laughs> oh, is this too much, man? Is, it, uh -huh. is this right in the area we want to be? The beauty's a voicemail. Can, mm -hmm. can you, uh, and this is where I, my great dumb questions come in. Can you do any of this with gas, with different types of fuels? You can do the direct. So if you would pull off the grill grates, mm -hmm. now you've got the direct flame. The beauty of this is instead of cooking with propane or natural gas, mm -hmm. You've got that flavor so of the wood. wood. Yeah. So you're you're imparting the same temperatures, but you're actually it's a flavorless gas, propane or nat gas, whereas the the heat's coming from a flavorful. So there's not fuel. a crossover to where you can do gas and. Uh, it, there could be. Um, it's not going to be as intense. So like the Napoleons we have over there, they've got a tube that you can slide in that has would have some wood chips in there, mm -hmm. and actually have a burner in there. So you would light your burner, propane light the wood chips, making the tasteless heat, but the uh, the, the wood, wood chips wood. providing the smoke. Gotcha. So just so it doesn't seem like we're doing a commercial for Yoder, is yep. there anything else in here? Would there be a Traeger that would line up? Would there be a uh, Memphis? Would be the only other one over here. Want to take a look at that? You got to see everything, though, don't you, yeah. Jim? That's yeah. how I think. So this is that smoke tray I was telling you about. So you would fill oh. that with chips. You have a burner to control that. So you're going to have smoke on the inside. Uh, this gas grill has got a nice option where you can actually put charcoal in there, mm -hmm. kick on your burners, light your charcoal, turn off your burners. Now you've got a charcoal grill inside your gas grill. Um, some other folks put a smoker box in there. You can light chips there. But that flavor is not going to be as intense as your as that as your pellet yoder. smoker yep. yeah and this looks like it's it all set up for the disco nights that we usually have at my apartment yeah exactly so this gets up to 1800 so degrees. that's your sear box on the side or you can yeah. just get smoke in a cup smoke in a smoke cup, in a cup. Heat. you know way better than the old <laughs> cup in a cup of smoke we used to get yeah so that's a great that's an awesome option for searing um again flavorless so you're, right. you're counting on having really high quality meat with that um not as versatile as a smoker usually it depends on what your needs are. If you want, I already, to, I already to, have a decent, I have yeah. a decent char grill or yeah, yeah uh, propane grill. You can always fire that up. The good you're looking to do, and not on my patio. On your patio, you know, I'm, I'm sort of limited as to how much space I. Okay, have. this Memphis over here mm -hmm. is another option. It looks like a gas grill, um, but it's actually a pellet smoker. Mm -hmm. So stainless steel um, comes with the side shelves. Comes with a cabinet down below so it looks a little sleeker looks pretty high tech it does look high yeah. tech it's got a wi-fi enabled controller as well it's got three probes for that 
Um, not as much surface area as the Yoder. You can get a second rack in here. Um, that's the high temp black solid steel finish versus the, um, the stainless here. Um, hopper is going to be here in the front versus okay. the side. Easy. Smaller hopper is going to be a 12 pound hopper versus the 20 pound for the Yoder. Mm -hmm. um, this temperature range is going to get up to about 550 degrees. So there's no way of boosting that up to the... Not, I know some Memphis grills you can get hotter, correct? This, Yeah, so they make a pro version and then they also make a um, Elite. And I'm going to bumble around with that or take that. Oh, okay. So you pull that. Mm -hmm. They've got a, in that deal, they've got a perforated flavorizer is what they call it. Mm -hmm. So basically that would be your searing station. Gotcha. So you would switch, you would start as is, you'd get it to a certain temperature, mm -hmm. switch this out, put in your flavorizer there for your direct. Flavorizer. And you stick that in there and now you can get up to 550 degrees. You're going to have flames shooting mm -hmm. up from your, uh, your wood pellets. For some reason, 550 just doesn't seem no. quite as good as what, 700. What was the comparison what, huh? over there? I didn't catch what it was uh, over well, there. It was about 150 degrees difference, uh, uh, difference in what you can get out of that Yoder. And those Yoders are like family heirlooms. I yeah. mean, honestly, pass those down for yeah. generations. Mm -hmm. exactly. They're so well built. They I mean, started as a uh, an offset company, so they made offset old school pits. Mm -hmm. And they've since got into the pellet market about 10 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of where the the market's going just for the ease of use. So well, let's just make life easy. You know, for sure. on, a, on a Tuesday night, you know, you could fire up something that's got charcoal, that's got six of wood. Um, most folks on a Tuesday night aren't going to do that. So mm -hmm. they want something that is going to be convenient um, to set and forget it, but still impart really good flavor into their food. Gotcha. Um, what else there can was you think one of? Other, well, there was one other model that I'd, I'd heard of, don't know a lot about, uh -huh. uh, Camp Chef. Yeah, um, show you it here. It's in the back. That's kind of a hybrid type of uh, unit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if they make it, they got it. If they don't got it, they'll get it. Right, Dan? <laughs> so this one's actually going out tomorrow. So um, this is a pellet smoker as well mm -hmm. from here to the left. So you've got a 20-pound hopper there. You've got a touchscreen controller with four probes. You've got a window on your hopper to see how many pellets you have left. Um, on the insides, full of some goodies going out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but and wait, when you say going out, people can come by and you'll have it ready for them, right? Or yeah. you do you deliver still? We do both. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you can pick up a unit that we have here on the floor or um, build one for you. You can come by and pick it up at our shop, or we do delivers in the Dendro Metro area as well. Mm -hmm. So this is about the same size as that 480. Right. So you're going to have... Now this looks more like a traditional grill to me. With the stainless, it's kind of a, a, a cross between that Memphis and the Yoder. Yeah. Gotcha. Build quality, it's not going to be as robust as the uh, the Yoder. Right. It's not going to be as thick. Um, temperature range are going to be roughly about the same as that Beale Street, about 500, 550 degrees or so. Okay, All but right. which is why you have that box on the side. Exactly. So you can get it standard with a shelf. Mm -hmm. um, or you can get it with the sear box here on the side. So what we mean by that, basically, this would connect directly to a, a gas source. So a propane or propane not gas yep. um, runs independent of that unit. You've got your controller here. You could throw your steaks on here. You can throw your dogs, your burgers, whatever it may be, right on there. And it basically kills two birds with one stone. So if you're tight on space, um, this guy works really well for folks who, who want the, the pellet but also want to do gas every now and then. Right on. I mean, and 
the difference between the odor, you know, and this. This feels like tin. That but odor felt like cast iron. Exactly. How hot does the sear box get? Uh, not as quite as hot as at 1,800 degrees, but you're looking close to 1,000 degrees on that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's respectable. You can char a steak pretty quick on that, though. Hmm. You're not going to uh, beat the hell out of it, though. Uh, aren't you? I wasn't going to push it downstairs or anything. Jesus, <laughs> you know, I mean, although, you know, we did throw the couch up over the balcony. The couch wouldn't fit up the stairs. Oh, okay. You know, there's only 14 stairs between where this is, where the ground is, and where this would live. Like to see how the yoder gets live. up there. The yoder would get up there with me and my buddy Gordon. Yeah, yeah just Gordon alone. <laughs> just Gordon I alone. He's, so he's you can get a front shelf for this unit. Um, does have the tabletop kind of shelf there. Mm -hmm. um, does have the shelf on the bottom. So similar setup kind of in in style as the as the yoder. Yeah, you know, I mean it's. Camp Chef. So they started making camping equipment and have since moved on to both camping equipment and then pellet smokers. So the features on the inside that you're messing around with there, Jim. So you can see the perforated grease tray there. So that mm -hmm. allows for a little bit more heat to pop up through there. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking to do some more searing on here versus the sear box on the side, that piece that you were pulling in and out, there's a heat shield that covers that fire pot. That helps more oh, with that convection. Pull that out. Pull it out, it gets a lot more heat more flying up there. Gotcha. Can you still do the cold smoke with this? Uh, you cannot. Cannot. Nope. So, yoder or cold smoke, this will not. Exactly. All right. So, budget wise, this one as is, you're looking for about 1000 bucks. Um, the yoder, 480, you're looking at 1699 Then, with the steering options, it's roughly about another 275 bucks. So, so, you're about double. Grand, yeah, about, about double. double for the yoder versus the mm -hmm. camp chef. And how. I'm going to say 150 degrees is, is, is on the low end. Low end is you can go and still get smoke on this guy. Yep. Mm -hmm. right. Can you put mine on layaway? That's all I'm trying to say. Layaway. Layaway. You got some uh, things to I got some good about, ideas. Obviously. Yeah, no, actually. I, and, uh, uh, before we get out of here, though, let's take a look around at some of this okay. delicious stuff. Yeah. The meat. The meat. Hey, you guys yeah. got meat. So I, I, for I, those I, you don't know, the idea behind the shop, it's, a, it's an all things, one stop barbecue shop. So you come in, like Jim, you're looking at what grill would be the best grill for your situation, for your budget, for your family, etc. cetera. Um, we do not sell meat that is cooked for customers, but we do have a fantastic meat locker, meat freeze here, freezer here. So we've got everything from baby back ribs to spare ribs to pork butts. We've got some tri-tips from Midland Meat Company out of Midland, Texas, which is an American Wagyu. We got some prime grade steaks, fillets, River Bear. Everybody knows River Bear. Justin's awesome. Uh, we've got his sausage here. We've got some Snake River Farm briskets as well as uh, some of their dogs. Uh, what else we got? Some Rome. Everybody knows Chris uh, over at Rome Sausage. We got his sausage here. Some tender belly. Tender belly bacon. Um, and then some Big old meats to your right there, Jay. We got some uh, some briskets. Uh, down there, buddy. Down over this side. Some briskets, some pork butts for those for those big meats. Stuff you want to smoke. Those bad boys. So you get your grill, you get your meats, you get your sauces, you get your rubs, you get your accessories, and then we got all the fuels for you as well. Um, and then we've got the knowledge as well as as Greg mentioned with the the competitions and the classes and the oh, catering yes, and whatnot. Okay. None better. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Uh, Jim, this is the one-stop shop. Yeah, if you guys are watching this video and it inspires you because it's the reason for the season, just come on in here and tell Dan, say, I came because of Biker Jim. 
There you go. <laughs> Why not? And Biker Jim came because of Dan. Dan. <laughs> That's right. Guys, thanks that so much. That doesn't sound right at all, does it? No. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> that was cut. Cut that one out, Jay. I like that one. Uh, that'll be your ringtone. <laughs> um, are you leaning towards one or another? You have some uh, things to I've, think about. There's, there's a couple I'm leaning okay. towards. So. Here, here's what we're gonna do: is uh, when you make your decision at some point, you need to check back on that smoked cheesecake. Fair. Okay. All right. From Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Biker Jim. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, man. All right. We'll see you down the road. Come get yourself all your barbecue needs right here, at Proud Souls. All right, you guys. If you're just tuning in, that was a video of Biker Jim shopping over there at Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. I'd like to thank the guests on the show tonight, today, rather, uh, Ryan Evans and Dave Olson from Brews Beers. Man, get to the brewery and get yourself a lid and get yourself some delicious uh, Belgian beer. As Greg told you earlier in the show, uh, I'm putting together a video to show uh, Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start and the pasta that they made last night. I'm almost done. If you're a pasta lover and you want to learn how to make pasta, we're going to show you a really cool thing, but it's the, the Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. Go to our website, themoderneater.com. There's a tab. says Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. You click on that. That's how you get signed up. It's a free course. It's three weeks long, and if you're somebody who wants to get into the culinary world, that's how you do it. It's, it's a, a nice course. It's free. teaches you the basics. You can get your knife going. Uh, kitchen safety, serve safe, certified is what you get what, through the course. You just have to do that. So I want to thank you for tuning in. I do have one more round of our sponsors. To, t to tell you something about their awesome Colorado products. So please support them just like you support us. And um, uh, if I haven't told you lately, thank you uh, very much. So for myself, Jay Parker, Greg Hollenbach, Ryan Evans, Dave Olson, Bruce Beers, Jim Pittenger, thank you, Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. I hope he buys that grill. We'll see you on uh, Friday. Hey, you guys, Jay here with the Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater. And uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators, you know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carryout is bigger than ever, and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carryout items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you could actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here in our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody, with several million dollars of hard assets here, insurance is very, very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling, from our alley, even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow! Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker and our employees too.
If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered. I go home, I strip down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it, I got it, I got it. Hey everybody, Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back, and I watch The Modern Eater. Skivvies. Hey, I'm a Marine. It's Skivvies, man.